Ever have what seems like a life-changing idea at 1 a.m.? And then in the light of day, you realize you're a crazy person for even considering it? I blame that on perfectionism. That sneaky and ever-present part of our personality that is never at rest. Always trying to find ways that we can escape feeling bad by coming up with radical, insane options right when we're trying to fall asleep. I know you've heard, don't be so hard on yourself, and have probably wondered how in the hell to do that. Well, today I'm going to bring to light three mindsets around perfectionism and share with you a way to help your perfectionism clock out and actually get some relief. And you'll feel it too. All right. How fun is this going to be, right? Hanging out with perfectionism. Okay. I will see you in a minute. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. Hey, what's happening? Okay, so yeah, if you're listening to this in real time, it is November. What the freak happened this year? How are we here? Do you all do this like in the fall when it's almost time for the holidays and you're like, wait, wasn't it just July a second ago and we were grilling stuff out for the 4th of July or whatever? I don't know where time has gone. It has been a weird year for me, honestly. Uh, don't know what 2023 has been like for you. I've been in a reevaluation mode. And I think when you're like that, you become a little self-involved, a little over introspective and time kind of escapes you. So I am coming out of that and feeling a little scurried to make up time and get some stuff done. And yet that reevaluation mode was exactly what I needed because I needed to figure out what wasn't working and where my heart was leading me and sort of embrace some changes that are happening and transitions that are happening. So even if it might have seemed to others in my immediate circle like I was being moody and introspective and self-absorbed... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had to go in and do the work. But now that I'm coming out and I'm looking at the calendar and I'm like, holy smokes, that was that was some time that I lost. I think I'm in this place of slight hustle, right? I don't think I'm going to let myself go back to hustling. That was what some of that introspection was about. But I am in a little bit of a hustle energy and I know my perfectionism shows up when I'm in that place. And I want to focus on perfectionism today. I really knew it was time to just attempt to look closer at my perfectionism, like the back and forth dance I have with it. Um, I knew it was time to spend 
more time on perfectionism when one night when I wasn't sleeping very well, I had this idea. Are you ready for the brilliance? What if I didn't have to eat? That was my idea. What if I could just do stuff and like get it done? What if I could motor through my to-do list and not have to take a break and prep food or drive to the grocery store or drive to a restaurant and then take the time to actually eat the food? Like, what if I could cut out that whole thing and just use all of that time to get stuff done? (laughs) Yeah, that was my thought process. And I wished I could operate without fuel and just keep going because refueling apparently was taking too much time away from getting things done on my to-do list. That's at least what I thought, right? And to be honest, at 1 a.m., that actually seemed like a good idea. Uh, The next morning, however, I realized just the insanity of that thinking. And I was like, I really have to scrap about 80% of my to-do list and just be for a while because if I let this perfectionism take over and have the the megaphone or whatever i'm i'm going to screw up all that introspection i did all that work i did about reevaluation and coming out with you know more insight and action plans that go with that insight so I, you know, I won't say that I scrapped 80% of my to-do list. Um, Sorry, I wish I could. I wish I could be that inspiring for you. But I did take some time away. And the time away was from things like creating a weekly podcast or emailing my, my email community weekly. I do this dip in, dip out of social media posting. Because honestly, y'all, I still haven't, I still haven't made friends with social media. However, um, I did pull away from some of that stuff and realized that that inner hustle engine was revving in the background. You know, it just was waiting for me to come back and hit the gas again. And that is that is the churn of perfectionism. It can clobber you relentlessly, but in this subtle way where you just know that something is like hanging over your head. There's never a, or maybe we don't use the word never. There's not a lot of relief felt when you get to the end of the day. There's this um, rolling over of the to-do list and then adding more to it. And perfectionism is a pervasive thought pattern. So if you've been in my podcast or social media, if you've been in my world for a little bit, you know that I love internal family systems. I call it IFS. And what IFS calls, IFS works with parts of your personality, right? So the pervasive thought pattern, the subtle, the hustle, engine revving a perfectionism, IFS calls that a part of our personality. And it's a part of us who sees the world from a fearful place, if you really look at perfectionism. And most likely, that part and that perspective is coming from an outdated but very strong belief of 
I am not good enough. So raise your hand if that makes sense to you. It's fascinating to me that we all have this not good enough perspective somewhere inside. Some of us have it, you know, blaring. And yet, with as many of us that live with not good enough, yet we don't say that out loud to people. We don't admit that we have this like core piece of us, core part of us that holds firmly in the belief that we're broken, we'll never get it right, we're not good enough. And because we don't share that vulnerable feeling, that vulnerable fear with people, because we don't admit it to other people, it just stays swirling in our own minds and in our bodies. And we actually have this distorted thinking where we're like, I must be the only person operating from this not good enough place. Like it looks like everybody else has just got their shit together. (laughs) And let me tell you, behind closed doors, no one feels feels like they have their shit together. On the outside, people-pleasing and perfectionism does a wonderful job of putting up a front. Doesn't mean it's completely unauthentic, all right? But those are parts of our personality that are forward-facing. And if you walked behind (laughs) those forward-facing parts, you would see that there's a hustle engine you know, revving and a need to try to move as far away as fast as you can from a not good enough feeling. And that so many of us are motivated by this. Wouldn't it be awesome if we all just kind of dropped the act and supported each other in an effort to repair the faulty self-perceptions we have? You know, wouldn't it be nice if When someone lovingly says to you, I wish that you could see yourself through my eyes because I see all these great things that you're doing or all these great ways that you live in the world. It's like, yeah, me too. I wish we could do that. I have this hope for humanity that at some point we are able to promote each other. We were able to say to each other, encourage each other like, hey, you definitely are good enough. Until then, let's talk about perfectionism. Let's talk about that hustle engine revving in the background. So recently, not only was my 1 a.m. thinking, um, faulty thinking about not being able to eat, um, part of my awareness about perfectionism, but also a client was exploring the subtle vibe of perfectionism recently. And we were talking about, we ended up coming up with three ideas, three things that are the highlights of a perfectionist way of seeing the world. And I wanted to share that with you all. One is outrageous high standards. You know, without even understanding the extent of the standards, we just feel like we will never meet them, right? Outrageously high standards. That's one. Another one is judgment of ourselves and others. Having this negative and pessimistic perspective, like I will never get it right. I've always got to try harder. I've always got to, you know, present a certain way or 
whatever we think to try to exclude judgment of ourselves. But we also have a lot of judgment of other people. We get disappointed by people all the time. So subtle vibes of perfectionism are outrageous high standards, judgment of ourselves and others. And the last one, I just alluded to it, constant disappointment in ourselves and others. So when my client and I were working through this, I, you know, both of us were sort of like, oh my God, we just, we just bullet pointed perfectionism. We just narrowed down that vague sense of having something looming over you and you're never doing it right, not good enough. We just narrowed it down to like why we feel that way. We felt like we were really brilliant. Well, let me roll all of those into one. Again, outrageous high standards, judgment of ourselves and others, and constant disappointment. If I roll it into one, like the one reason that we're so unhappy being perfectionists, it is unrealistic high standards and expectations. Standards and expectations are mostly, not always, but mostly arbitrary and vague. (laughs) Also subjective. (laughs) Now, knowing this, that they're arbitrary and vague, is very helpful when you want to feel successful, right? (laughs) The answer is no. The answer is, or... (laughs) The vibe of that is sarcasm. It is not helpful for us to have arbitrary and vague and subjective standards and expectations because they change a lot. And that old saying about the goal post being moved and never feeling like you're getting anywhere and completing anything successfully. Yeah, that's the feeling that rides shotgun with perfectionism. And it sucks. And so many of us perfectionists just live with these standards hanging over our heads, not knowing like how in the hell we would be successful, how in the hell we would kick the field goal or whatever and make it through the bars. And yet we hear from our friends and family, oh my God, you're so hard on yourself. You're such a perfectionist. And I'm going to say that's nice. It's nice to hear that they realize how much pain we're in. We actually want to be less hard on ourselves. But in order to really loosen the grip of all those changing and vague standards, how do we do that, right? In order to do that, We think we have to double down and work harder and get up earlier and stay later and expect more of ourselves, right? Loosening the grip of those standards feels like a mystery that we cannot solve. And it is so frustrating. So what if we do if standards are arbitrary and they aren't clear and They are a lot of times creating this constant hum of negative narration of our lives that runs in the background. What do we do? The best way I know how to work with this, which is what my client and I ended up focusing on, 
is where the perspective comes from, where the background noise comes from, and that is the inner critic. So the best way I know how to work with perfectionism is to focus on the inner critic. And that's why I brought up internal family systems and the parts of our personality. Because not only is perfectionism a part of our personality, a way to show the world like, oh, I don't make mistakes. You don't, you know, just go ahead and don't judge me. Um, but it's, but the inner critic is also a part of our personality. And to understand the reason the critic is so active in our inner world, like what motivates the critic, that is vital. We have got to understand where that comes from in order to cut down on the shame and discomfort that we feel receiving the inner critic's message, we have to get to know the inner critic. And perfectionism, the inner critic, people-pleasing, these parts of us are really trying to cut out as much discomfort as humanly possible, right? They want that forward-facing perfect version of us to be seen and uh, to be the representative of who we are so that when people interact with us, they're like, man, they've got their shit together, right? There's no reason for me to be mad at them or judge them or correct them or criticize them. Like they are doing everything right. That's what people-pleasing, perfectionism, and the inner critic, as parts of our personality, that's what they are trying to do. They are trying to create as less discomfort as humanly possible in our nervous systems, in our minds, in our hearts. So that's why when I work with clients around their people-pleasing and perfectionism, we actually turn towards, we focus on our fears of judgment, rejection, and isolation. Because even though we know these are unpleasant, we don't yet understand how much avoiding judgment, rejection, and isolation rules us. We don't yet know how our inner critic shows up on the scene trying to help us avoid these. Most of us just know we hate the inner critic. We don't like hearing, you know, ourselves, you know, be hard on ourselves. But we really need to get to know, to get closer to the part, the inner critic, that spends its entire existence trying to help us not feel judgment, rejection, or isolation. And so there is a part of us that will step up that says, hey, I don't want to hear my own self criticize myself, (laughs) so I'll just be perfect and I'll just make everybody like me. And what we end up doing is pushing ourselves like machines. And it becomes how we work in our jobs, how we manage our homes and our lives, how we show up in our relationships. Perfectionism, people-pleasing, they push us. They push us to be like machines. And remember, you know, the brilliant idea I was sharing earlier about wishing I didn't have to stop for food and I could just power through and get my to-do list done. 
that is how much I naturally and consistently push myself to be productive or perfect. So even when we aren't actively working, like sitting at our desk with our fingertips on our laptop, our minds and our parts inside of us, the parts of our personality, like the critic, they are working. And they're working by reviewing and replaying and analyzing and planning and judging and giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down to literally everything we have come in contact with that day. That's the inner critic for you, right? It's trying to look back at everything and go, did we do well? Did we not do well? If we did well, we should do that more. And by the way, we should have done it earlier. (laughs) So we could have felt this relief of getting a thumbs up earlier. If we didn't do it well, and I've replayed it and analyzed it, then Tomorrow, we're going to plan the shit out of this thing so that we will do it right this time. Y'all probably know this. You know, you've probably been in bed at 1 a.m. doing all this replaying. You know the mind doesn't stop. And imagine if it's got this dominant part like an inner, inner critic at the mic most of the time. Like, I mean, how bad and uncomfortable are we just going to stay feeling We're just never going to get out of it, right? So this perfectionism part, this inner critic who keeps track of everything and measures it against these superhuman standards, it believes if it can get us here to this place of perfection, then we will decrease the discomfort and we will feel better. And it doesn't get that hit of feeling better yet. (laughs) It doesn't really know it's part of the problem. And it actually keeps all this discomfort up in the air like a confetti cannon. But it believes that until it can get us to this place of (sighs) satisfaction, job well done, and decrease all that discomfort, all that potential judgment and potential criticism, it believes that it has to keep going until we get to that relief. So my perfectionism was working at 1 a.m. that night, coming up with an idea about how to get away from feeling like I never get anything done, right? Getting away from not good enough. And it came up with this idea. What if we skip food? (laughs) You know, some of my clients, their inner critic slash perfectionism parts steer them towards promotions. You know, they believe that the title or the status will ease this fear of maybe imposter syndrome or just plain unworthiness. So whatever your perfectionistic critic believes are the things that will release you from discomfort, it will try to make you do. It will try to create options. It will try to come up with ideas and plans and it'll keep churning. It'll be that pervasive, slow-burning, negative, looming-over-your-head feeling. (laughs) Am I the only one here? I just don't think so. It'll do that until you work with the critic. And this is where internal family systems comes in. It helps us work with the parts of our personality. Now, we work with the critic through IFS, and we help it loosen its grip on the hustle. 
and the pushing and the replaying and the tweaking, right? And IFS, so far, for me, has been the best way to help clients get to know this particular part and the subtle thinking that keeps you being constantly assessed for whether it was good enough or not. So you can bring your perfectionism and your inner critic out in the open with IFS and you can meet them. Sometimes for clients, even though they know they're hard on themselves or they're self-critical, they don't get how much this part narrates their lives. And so IFS helps you help your parts. You get to update your parts on your skill set and your capabilities and help parts like perfectionism and critics step back from yelling at you from the sidelines all the time. The critic, strangely, nicely, I love this, often turns into a discerning consultant when we work with it. And we get to stop following it blindly. We get to stop fighting it. We get to stop drinking to escape it. And we get to stop trying, trying, trying not to be so hard on ourselves like our friends and family would wish we would. So here's what a few of my clients have said about IFS work in general, because I really want you to get an idea of the relief that comes from working with your inner critic and your inner perfectionism. Okay, so I tweaked this a little bit, you know, just for confidentiality reasons and whatnot. Um, Here's what someone said. I never realized what was really going on. And now seeing why and what is happening underneath the surface has changed everything. I don't want to go back and I don't miss how it was before. Here's another. I am not afraid to have conversations anymore. (laughs) I love that one. Because you know how hard it is for a people pleaser to just have the conversation. Every conversation feels like it's going to be a potential conflict. So I'm not afraid to have the conversation anymore. That's after they had worked with their people-pleasing part. Another one. It's okay for me not to be nice. It's not comfortable, but it's still okay. Another. I don't want to is valid. And I don't have to make it work when it doesn't. And here's the last one I'll share with you. I feel better equipped to manage things now. I mean, I love that. I mean, that can be applied to working with any part. I just feel better equipped to manage things now. Isn't that some kind of relief? God, I love that. Getting to know your parts through internal family systems is, oh, it is a way to not see the things that you do, the behaviors that you have, the thoughts that you think as just defense mechanisms or habits or simply things you want to change about yourself, right? I'm not good enough. I do perfectionism. I do perfectionism. You follow me. I am a perfectionist. I shouldn't be a perfectionist. I should be different, right? Well, when you get to see what's behind the perfectionism, when you help that perfectionistic part 
relax a little from feeling like it's got to be revved up and hustling all the time, and you help that part become the discerning consultant, that changes. There's a ripple effect in you that now you're not just your behaviors or your thoughts or your reactivity, but you're actually showing up for yourself, being curious, being compassionate, caring for yourself, and recognizing that we're doing this reactivity, we're doing this scrambling and hustling when we're locked in a perspective, a belief of not good enough. And so helping the perfectionism relax and not have to follow that storyline because it's old and outdated, y'all. Helping the perfectionism step back from that perspective and that storyline changes so much. So there's so much more to IFS that I would love to offer you. But since we're talking about perfectionism and the inner critic, I'm going to drop something in the show notes that will allow you to interview your inner critic through an IFS lens. It's called Asked and Answered. So be sure to look for that and check out the free resource and get to know this part a little bit more. And of course, I know you're going to want to keep going with this. So when you're ready, reach out and let's set up a time to actually see who all is working underneath the surface for you, right? Could be perfectionism and people pleasing, and then it could be some others. Um, And they just sort of hand off the hot potato of that not good enough feeling over and over again. All right, you all. Love that we got to talk about perfectionism and inner critic. And I also want you to know that I have scrapped the idea of not eating. I just, yeah, I can't do that. So I am working with my perfectionism again as I come out of this reevaluation period and recognizing that I don't want to do certain things anymore and being perfectionist, hustling, Mm, trying to make everything work is one thing I'm loosening my grip on. And I'd love to help you do the same thing. So I'll talk to you all later next week, right? All right. Take care, friends. Peace out. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If this has been helpful for you, I'd so appreciate it if you could take a moment and just rate and review, and then others might be able to find us more easily. And please also share with friends that could use this information too. Okay, thanks again, and I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Take care.